What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news and the fittest people with mm. a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor, man. Good old humor, yeah. man. Today, I mean, whenever we have a guest, it's a special episode, but today mm, is mm. extra special yes. because we first met our guests in 2016, 2017. Was it that far back? Oh. I think, yeah, it was It was that far back. Oh. Uh, and over the years, we have Same. kept in touch. Um, it's great to see her again and we would like to welcome Natalie Dow, who goes by um, the title Rockstar Arms, who mm. is a fitness professional. Yes. Uh, so welcome, Nat. Thanks, guys. I'm really good to see you again. Yeah. 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 But for real, we did meet in about 2016, I think. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, 2016. So. But yeah. but there's been so many things that have happened uh, for you since then, right? And I mean, maybe like jumping right into it, most recently becoming a best-selling author of your own book as well, which was a, I, I guess it was a very exciting moment for you. Like in, in your whole career of creating content as well? Yeah, it's amazing. It adds credibility to you straight away. Uh, so yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. write a book. <laughs> <laughs> but it adds credibility how? Like in like- I, I think people people always want, want to write a book, but mm. then realize that it's really hard to write a book. So when, yeah. Yeah. when someone they know who does it, then it's like, wow, you actually went and did it. Whether it sells or not, I think you know people admire that you- took the chance and did it. So have you mm. added best-selling author to your Instagram bio yet? No, no, not yet. Not but yet. maybe I need to <laughs> get rid of fitness influencer. <laughs> LinkedIn, you got to go on LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn yeah. as well. LinkedIn as I well. never imagined I'd be able to write a book, but here I am. Yeah. And, and the title of the book? It's called Run Like a Woman. Run mm. Like a Woman. Mm. And and like, um, what, what, what led you to want to write a book? Because you have a long history in the space of fitness. Uh, but what what led you, what culminated in you wanting to write a book? Yeah, so I do have a co-author, to be fair, uh, who's okay. a doctor in the US, um, mm-hmm. and I've known him for many years, and he approached me to co-author one with him mm. um, because it's for women, so he needed a woman really oh, to, okay. to help. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, <laughs> and it was my passion, so, mm. you know, it wasn't a hard ask. I jumped straight in, and six months later, yeah. we had mm. a book. So mm. what is the log line of the book? Like? Yeah, so it's just for any teen or woman mm. around exercising and exercising around your menstrual cycle, which mm. is like a taboo subject mm. everywhere, which obviously shouldn't be. So yeah. opening up conversations around that and understanding how to perform better mm. around that. Oh, so as, a, as two guys asking questions, they're going to be a little on the noob side of things. But what are the challenges that women have when trying to train around your menstrual cycle? Yeah, it's energy levels. When Mm. should you train hard? When should you back off? Should you train at all? Mm. Um, You know, racing around them, which is a whole nother thing. And then what to eat. Um, You know, the science behind it all. So women for a long time have just been called little men, right, Mm. with with studies being done. Mm. Um, So there's not a lot of scientific background on women exercising um, and yeah. that's why we wrote the book oh and was it was it a topic that you were already interested in or he he was the one who came with the scientific yeah, he came with the scientific i've put my personal stories through mm. it as well um and then there's training plans for people to follow in there if they've got oh. no idea too so you know my 14 year old daughter read it and then mm. you know friends that are 40 have read it so there's something for everyone in there oh. and and your like uh, your journey into fitness, like uh, I'm sure a lot of people know you. You've got a huge following. Uh, I don't know about our listeners. Chances are some of them have. But what is like uh, if like, your overall history of fitness? 
Um, and if you could just walk us through that. So I was a basketballer, a mm. varsity basketballer. Um, and then, um, you know, I went to uni and liked to party and would mm. go out, come home at 3am, set the alarm for six, go for a run and head into work. Mm. Uh, so that was pretty much my 20s. But running was easy because I didn't have to think about it. Mm. Um, and then did triathlons for a while, um, had a daughter, got into Spartan, so went to a couple of Spartan World Championships, wow. um, then got sick of doing that, decided to do short distance, so did some track, mm. sort of 800, 1500, and then said, what is the furthest I think I can do that's opposite of doing track? And it's yeah. like, let's just go and run 100 kilometers <laughs> and miss the marathon, <laughs> just go straight to 100. Um, and that's where my love of ultra running uh, started. Because when we met you, had you already gotten into ultra running yet? Yes, I think, oh, actually, no, 2017. Yeah, I think I was, I hadn't actually Helen, right. raced remember, my first race yet. I remember wow. that's when you were only running like 18k yes. in the mornings yeah. before me going for the workshops that we were attending together. It was towards the, it was towards the end of that project, yes, yeah, so it would have been the year after, like 2018, wow. I did my wow. first one. You know, every <laughs> I was just laughing when you were just going through your resume just now because everything that you mentioned there, each item, could you could write a book about <laughs> just yeah. that one item. Spartan World Championships, ultramarathons, triathlons, having a daughter. But it's like you just went through them like, oh, it's the most normal thing ever. Yeah, I like watching movies. I like eating popcorn. <laughs> 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 but yeah, like, like ultramarathons, like... For those who, like me, who don't really know much about it, it's 100 kilometres. Oh, 50 like, and over, 50 generally. and over, okay. Yes. Over, yeah. over how long a period? As fast as you can do it. Also, oh. it's one go. It's yes. not a multi... Nah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. One go. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, and like, uh, Singapore's a very small place, so I, I don't know how many ultramarathons it can host, but where do you, where do most people compete? Yeah, so I've only ever done one in Singapore, mm. um, which was my first 100. And then generally, Malaysia, Thailand... Okay. Um, I mean, the US have a lot, but if you're living here, you're going over to Malaysia mostly. Yeah, mm. yeah. Wow. So it's trail running? Uh, I do road. I mm. just did one a couple of weeks ago, which was my first trail one. Uh, um, wow. But I do prefer road, um, just easier to switch off and go. I don't have to think about where my feet are going. I mm. see. So you you had not done a marathon before the ultramarathon? I did one in the end as a as a warm-up training run. Okay. Yeah. Warm-up training it. run. Yeah. <laughs> so, so People like time. bucket list, bucket list <laughs> run yeah. a marathon, just like warm-up training run. <laughs> so the first time you ran after more than 42 was the ultra? Yes. Wow. Oh, and like, because, uh, I, I mean, I, I remember when I first did the marathon, like I was running quite a bit and I thought, oh, this will be a walk in the park. And yeah, because in my mind, if I run this pace for a long time, I'll cover 42. But I remember around a 30 plus mark, I hit the wall, which I heard everyone talk about, but I never understood until I hit it. So was it a similar wall for you on um, the way to 100? It was okay. I My headphones broke in the first couple of kilometers, so I oh. had no music, no anything mm. for the whole time. Oh, um, and I actually thought about nothing for a hundred K. So it wasn't mm. solving world peace, wasn't, you know, doing anything. Writing a book in your yeah, head. Yeah, it's just running like. aimlessly <laughs> for the the time. It was quite a bizarre feeling, but quite addictive at the same time. Mm. Mm. But and just going back to how you started off, you were saying that uh, you were a varsity basketball player and then after you just started running, like uh, even while starting your career and everything, um, 
what what was running what did running mean to you at that point of time like why were you doing it uh, you know like talking about running why at three in the, until uh, working till late and then waking up and going for long runs why, why why do you need to run even though your life was so hectic um I think it was just self you know looking after myself so it was like if I was out partying I need to make myself feel better and oh. that was um, so yeah. it was a hangover cure yes it was, it was basically yes cure. <laughs> everything you're saying yes. I'm like what <laughs> it's a hangover that's when cure. I was fun yeah. <laughs> oh okay okay so it started did it grow in distance yes yes it did how wow yeah just you just slowly. drank more and you're like yeah, yeah I need to run, to run further yeah, yeah. Uh, just slowly I got fitter and fitter and, uh-huh. and so I could go further and then did a couple of 10k races and went oh okay I'm I'm okay and now I'm older that's why I go further because I'm you know I did a marathon recently and that was like three hours 29 but 329 yeah, oh, holy shit but I'm crap. not going I'm not ever going to run a three-hour marathon now so yeah. I just go further oh. three hours 29 is fast holy shit okay okay that and that was how recent uh, Gold Coast, so July. Oh, okay. oh July. Yeah. Okay. But I don't suppose now you run because of hangovers, right? You, no. You, you run, there's a, what, what's the, so what's philosophically, philosophically driving you to run these distances? I think it's just become part of who I am. Oh, really? Yeah, so oh. I don't think I just get up and go, I have a coach, I just do what I'm told mm. and um, and I enjoy it. I see. Yeah. Mm. But is, it, is there a... Like is your husband and your and your kids or even your extended family, are they very into fitness and all as well? They're all very fit. Okay. Um yeah. Okay. My husband doesn't run with me or if he does, it's like ten Ks maximum. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um but no, they're, they're and I grew up with a fit family ah, as well. Okay. Mm. So that helps. I think kids follow parents. Yeah. 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 So I had a so, good upbringing. So what what does a fit family mean? Like what, what did you guys used to do? So my both my parents played basketball. Um, uh, you know, they were, I was always watching them play sport growing mm, up for my memories. And now yeah. my dad's like still doing karate at 74 years old. My mum wow. swims every day and goes uh, to the gym. So yeah. they're, they're still active. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so you're taught from a very young age that fitness is just part of a lifestyle yes. and, and not something that you pick up and, and put down or what? Wow. So, That's, I mean, over the years, especially for a sport like running, uh, injuries are the first thing that came to my mind with your knees and all. Especially if you don't like doing trail, you do road running. Mm. Is is it an issue or like how do you how do you balance that? So I I touch wood have not had any injuries. Mm. Um, I think it's shoes, getting the right shoes, doing strength work, mm. um, and recovering properly. So mm. people that just go out and run ten k's every day and do the same thing. On, are, are probably going to get injured. But if you have a program and recover properly and look after your body and, you know, I'm boring, I'm asleep by 9.30, 10 o'clock every night, mm-hmm. um, then your body's repairing itself. So, you know, it's it's self-maintenance, definitely. Mm. Wow. And like, um, does running ever get in the way of your life? 100% it does. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> it gets in the way of me having a good time. <laughs> so then how do you balance that? Yeah, you know, I I always stick to my plan, but, you know, I'm pretty good now. At, it's a priority for me. So yeah. will I go to a party? Absolutely. Will I get really drunk at that party? No, I won't if I'm mm. running the next day. So it's all it's all a balance. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's just what I've prioritised in my life, I mm, think. I yeah. see. Right, you, you said that... Uh, your whole family is very fit as well. 
So how do you like squeeze in time for family while also at the same time having the train for a big race coming up and all? So I generally will run anywhere from 4am mm. to 6am, depends. Oh. Um, but now school is back from summer break, so okay. I will sort of go as soon as I get my daughter off to school. Ah, I see. Um, so you're saying that you, you actually, you go while others are still sleeping? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, generally. So they're always in the morning, so then the rest yeah. of the day is free as well. Wow. Okay. So, okay. so when, at what point did fitness start becoming like your, your professional life, your profession? So I was, you know, in the corporate world for many, many years, moved mm. to Singapore 20 years with a corporate. And what industry? Yeah, I was consulting. I yeah, yeah, so moved up here for a role, you know, to stay for two years, 20 years later. Um, but after 10 years of that, I'd had enough, didn't know what I wanted to do, was already mm. a personal trainer but not training anyone and then found out that there wasn't really any content specifically for the Asian market. Yeah, um so decided to start a website and Facebook group and develop content mm. around that, which then got a lot of engagement. Yeah. Um, and I never looked sort of for a job to my husband's dismay after that. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to stay doing that. And that was sort of when Instagram was taking off and yeah. uh, you know, way back then. So looking back, like why do you think so many people why why did your message resonate with so many people such that I mean, you have a huge following, you know, and um Singapore is not a huge place, but that means that there are people overseas who are also following you and trying to trying to see what you're doing here in Singapore. Why do you think your your content has like resonated with so many people? Yeah, I think just because I keep it real, mm. you know, most of the photos are taken by my 14-year-old, so oh, yeah. they're, mm. they're not overly scripted. I always try and keep it positive, but if I'm mm. having a mm. crap day, then I'll say I'm having a crap day. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'm a big one not to, it's not to make people feel guilty about not exercising, but it's yeah. it's just to put some positivity around there about making small changes or, mm. you know, being entertaining, you know, not taking myself too seriously. That's for sure. I'm not out there yeah. saving lives. I'm yeah. just running, you mm. know. So, you know, if it's a bit of entertainment for someone, then great. But it is, uh, I think it is uh, inspiring when I, when I see that uh, a lot of times that uh, your photos are taken in places that I recognize in Singapore. And I'm like, oh, wow, the ultra marathon trainer is training like right by the river where I, you know, walk my dog or whatever, you know. So in that way, it's inspiring. But do you ever think about, uh, you know, there are ultra marathoners like David Goggins and all who take on a much more like, you know, like, uh, screw you, you know, you're, you're, you're lazy, you're lazy, you're not getting a bit and all that. What do you think of that approach of like, in your inspiring people. Yeah, I mean, I think it works for a lot of people. You know, mm -hmm. he's got so many yeah. fans. Yeah. I think I would just be cracking up if I was yelling <laughs> that into a camera the whole day, though. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I, abs it's horses for courses. Some people mm -hmm. need need that inspiration, yeah. and other people just need it a bit more gently. I mean, I, as I said, I'm a personal trainer, but I could never train anyone because I would not have patience to oh, train anyone. Okay. So I'm sort of a bit of David Goggins in there, but it's just <laughs> kept inside. Was it, is, I was just going to say, is it your 14-year-old that, that ends up being yes, the one, hey, correct. come on, take the pictures, yeah. run here, get over here. Yes, How do get they, the right angle. Does she follow you around as you train? or? or? Uh, no, I mean, what 14-year-old wants to follow their mother <laughs> around? She's off doing her thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, if I pay her enough, she'll take a couple of photos. <laughs> <laughs> 
But so, that's oh, sorry. So, uh, so so like um, I mean, the fact that you were qualified as a personal trainer and now you create content to inspire, like, what well, what is driving that? Is it because you think like everyone should have exercise as part of their life, or what is the message you're trying to get across? Yeah, I think it's it's number one. Don't take yourself too seriously. Live your best life. Mm. So, you know, exercise is definitely in that. Eating better um, okay. is in that, yeah. and mentally being well is in that. So if exercise can help you feel better about yourself, then fantastic. You know, mm. I think everyone just wants to live their best life and live longer. But but how do you square that with, you know, the the sentiment of, of body positivity? That, you know, like, mm. why is why do people, why should people exercise? Why can't people just be the way they want? Uh, like, and I look at it, I'm like, no, but I mean, it's still better to exercise but then, so when I hear arguments like that, I'm like, oh, how does that make sense? But then also, everyone has a right to live. Absolutely. And then it becomes a, a, a culture war online and it can get very ugly. So have you mm. faced any or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, and luckily there's not a lot of, you know, I haven't had a lot of haters or anything around that. But I think, yeah, embrace all body types. But but also, I do talk straight that, you know, if you're, you are obese, you are obese, call it out. And mm. if getting fit is not a priority, that's okay, but own that crap. Mm. You know, just mm. say it's not a priority for me. That's fine. Mm. You know, each to their own. It's your body. You do what you want with it. Um, but then don't complain about it. Yeah. Mm. I see. That's I see. True. So, so then what about, I know certain times when uh, everyone has their personal choices, but when there are like plus size models uh, on the cover of magazines and all, is there anything that like um because when 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 I think about it I'm like oh wait I I don't know what to think about that like I get confused because I'm like, on one hand you want people to find beauty and everything but it's a sports magazine so like how does that square off Yeah and I think it's a you know plus size models can be put in different categories so is it someone who's healthy mm. and you know, carrying more muscle and mm, mm. but still active, um, or is it someone who's really overweight? Yeah, so yeah. I think there's a difference between that and def I, you know, I advocate put whoever you want on the cover of whatever, but mm. um do I want my daughter to have someone who's obese as aspirational? Of course mm. I don't. I want her to mm. live a healthy life mm. um and be strong. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's that's the key thing. She's, you know, she's never weighed herself on the scales. Oh, really? So um, you know, that's that's what we do in our house. No one gets on the scales. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Why 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 so? I don't want her fixated on a number oh, at okay. all. As long as oh, she's healthy, great. moving. Um, exercising, feeling good mentally, and yeah. then that's enough. Oh. Do you take the same approach for grades? Like, number doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> yeah, just, a bit, <laughs> I'm a bit tiger mum, a little bit. <laughs> different, like, different. Yeah. different. Yeah, the body you can see yeah. the difference, the brain you can't, you know, the brain you can't see, right? But, uh, I mean, um, you know, you've lived in Singapore for what? Like 20, 20, 20 yeah. years, right? Like, how is it? How is it trying to live healthily in Singapore in terms of diet and availability of healthy food and all? Because yeah. we hear a lot of Singaporeans complain about, oh, it's so difficult to be healthy here. But what is your experience as a you no, know, athlete? No, it's not. It's, it's just not. making healthy choices. So, 
you know, you, I remember when I first moved here and it's like, go and have thunder tea rice. That was always mm. a healthy mm. choice, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, go and have rice. You don't have to have it for every single meal though. Okay. You know, get more veggies on the plate. Mm. Um, mm. The wet markets are great. You know, it's not expensive. You don't have to go and buy organic yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, so it's just the choices that mm. we, that we make. Mm. But in general, do you think like uh, society here, uh, how do people... Uh, is fitness important to people here, you think? I think I've seen a massive change over 20 years. So, mm. you know, you think about the number of races that are held. Mm. Mm. 20 years ago, there'd be a couple of people running around Kalang. I mean, Marina Bay didn't even exist then. Yeah. So there'd be, you know, 100 people doing a race and yeah. now there's one on every weekend. Mm. Um, so I think people are more active, they're more aware. You see the seniors groups out there. Yeah. Um, so I think it's definitely getting better and people are in communities that are doing that together mm. so it's mm. groups that are mm. out there is there, is there a very big like uh, ultra marathon community here in singapore there is that most of them are trail runners okay um but no there absolutely is and does the you guys always meet up to train together or go for competitions some together do or? i'm a bit of a solo trainer oh, okay, okay. Mm. um and i train within with people in my neighbourhood, and some of them are Singapore marathoners and things, so that keeps me on my toes. Wow. Mm. Okay. Can, can I just say that I've never heard Terence be more interested in ultramarathons yeah. than now? Yeah, yeah. I have done ultramarathons. I know you have. But he's never Didn't asked me anything <laughs> no, 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 about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I've asked you about it, and then no. I, I always, <laughs> uh, the only thing I remember is the story of you spraining both your ankles. <laughs> that is like, true. Like halfway through, but then, right? but then your eyes are rolling. <laughs> okay, shut up, shut up. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, there's a difference between, between people who do it just for the bragging rights and people who do it on a, you know, <laughs> monthly basis, it's right? Harsh. It's different, different. See, correct. that's why I don't open up to him. <laughs> no, but that, I, I guess it's, it's interesting because like um, people imagine training for ultra marathons like a once in a lifetime thing, but you're constantly yeah. doing it, right? Like, yeah. How do you, uh, like, like what actually goes into the, the, the training? Let's say you have a race coming up in uh, two months or something. I, I'm not sure what the time frame is. Like what, what goes into the preparation for that? And this year's been full on. So I've done three in the first six months. Three ultra marathons. Yeah, and two marathons. So it's a lot, it was a lot of racing. Ooh, wow. um, so, I, I mean, my level of fitness is pretty consistent throughout the year. Okay. So even if I'm not racing, I I keep it going yeah. and I don't stop training. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I'll up it a month out and then two weeks before start cutting back and giving my body a bit of a break. So oh, okay. smaller, like smaller oh, okay. distances, um, just so you peak then at the right time. Mm. And, oh. and do you work with like a, you said you have a coach? Yes. So do, like uh, they help you kind of like decide when to peak and when to... Uh, okay, okay. And, yeah. and it's it's for diet as well or just training? No, just we will talk about nutrition, especially on race day and what yeah. I'm going to do. Um, but generally, it's it's just I just look at my calendar and this is what I'm doing today and off I go and do it. So I'm very mm. good at following instructions. But do you ever feel like, oh, I have to run 25K today? Or you're like, okay, 25, bring it no, on. No, I do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do. Especially when it's hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But running early in the morning, like four, that it's helps. It's okay, right? yeah. yes. But so, yeah. uh, I mean, it was quite interesting when we had Re So Ryong on a podcast and he talked about, I was quite shocked by how much like weather conditions or whether his partner, in the, the, the person he was sharing a room with snort in a bit like the night before, those things were affecting the quality of his race, you know. But for you, like what are the challenges like 
on the day of or the night before an ultramarathon. Like, yeah, that so they get away. I did, I mean, always, the races in Malaysia are always raw and ready, right? Okay. And I did a 200K race this year. Wow. Um, 200 at one go. Yes. Mm. I don't uh, even know how many days that takes. <laughs> like, is it, how, how, how long? It did, was did, 30 hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. But still, wow. oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, but for me, it's it's not so much about the sleep before, it's, the the factors when you're out there, there's always wild dogs. So I dogs. run with a stick a lot of times because you can be easily be surrounded oh, by road, road. yeah by dogs. Oh, um, wow. My recent uh, recent other one in the trails, you know, there was wild boars that were oh, running around, man. snakes. Um, yeah. You know, it's all it's the elements that oh. are interesting. But the weather is a big one too. So um, you know, you're running in Malaysia; it's hot. It's like 36 degrees a lot yeah. of the time, and mm. you getting scorched but wow. do you have like a like a standard emotional arc because uh terence if i could share some of my <laughs> experience <laughs> um, i remember last time when running start all always like oh fuck this fuck this then you go to like this horrible depth but then after that the last the last quarter is like oh yeah i can do this and after that you just feel great lah. And it was pretty standard, even when I was training. Is it mm. the same for you? One hundred percent, and it can happen any time. I remember in the two hundred k race, you weren't allowed to have headphones or anything. Oh, that you're not was, allowed. No, that most ultra races don't allow you. But I had you have to run with your phone for safety. And I yeah. FaceTime my husband. I'm like, "What the hell am I doing <laughs> out here? I'm quitting. That's it. I'm done." He's like, just he knows me to just get to the next water station. Just get there. <laughs> I'm like. No, what am I doing with my life? This is it. And, and, you know, he knew that if I didn't finish it, I wouldn't be happy. So I, I finished it, but there's definitely uh, lots of ups and downs. And by the end of that, I was having hallucinations oh, and, uh, you know, walking in the middle of the road. So it was quite an experience. But have you ever like quit like halfway? Never. In the wow. Never. Never. Even training runs and all. Never. Because I'm trying to imagine like Dude. your husband when he gets a phone call and you're like, oh, I want to quit. He's like, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what you said the last one. He's like watching a movie. He's like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You look great, honey. Keep going. (laughs) Because I'm like, yeah, if you've done 100, 200, then what's this? You you never stop. Yeah. 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 It's like, okay, yeah. It doesn't even need to be. It's just, maybe it's not even, he just plays a recorder. Yes, yes, yep. Next water point and all. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so it's, uh, yeah, never quit. Yeah. Yeah. And what is is the core at that? Like, like, is it because... You know, like Jerry Seinfeld was famous for saying, don't break the chain. You know, like mm-hmm. you just write a joke every day uh, and the longer the chain gets, the harder it is to break. So that was his philosophy. Mm-hmm. Do you have a philosophy that... Yeah, yeah. it's regret. I know I'm going to regret it if mm-hmm. I do it. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm choosing to be out there. No one's making me do this crap. Yeah. Um, and so it's my choice. So suck it up. Get on with it. Just do it. Mm, yeah, mm. but is it the the accolades that come with it, the medals, the? the I mean, like that, you know, it? I've I've won all of them that I've done yeah. now, and I haven't had one cent of prize money, so it's not for the cash. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra runners don't get paid to run. It's oh, so like, it's not a. So it's a block of wood trophy, or maybe a watch yeah. if you're lucky. <laughs> oh, so there, there's no like pot of gold at the end no, of the race or anything. No. It's really just. 
like self-satisfaction wow. yeah. even the highest tier like uh like the ones in death valley and stuff like that so no there's generally no cash or oh, very no rarely wow. is there cash at the end of an uh, ultra race in fact you probably are paying more yes, to be yeah, there and everything. absolutely but there wow. are some superstars of the ultra marathon yeah right? like courtney doorwater is I know fantastic Scott Durek at some yes point. Yeah. yeah but they they're not you know, not getting paid. There's no tens of thousands of dollars of prize money. They probably have an ambassadorship or sponsorships that sustain that. Yes. Mm. Ah. Wow. So, so then, like, um, like how at, at what point? Because you said at one point it became your career, right? But at what point did you think that okay, this is your thing that you want to do for the rest of your life? I think when I first did when I did my first one, I'm like, okay, it. This is this is pretty cool. First one meaning first like, hundred, first yeah, 100. Okay. yeah, and and thought, okay, I can keep doing this, and then it's matching in with what I'm, you know, with the content I'm already creating and mm-hmm. adding to my story constantly. Mm. So I feel like there was some credibility around it rather than uh, just you know telling people what to do. I'm out there doing it myself. So yeah. so that means it's almost like it was, it added like another pillar to the brand. Right? Yes. So yeah. uh, 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 then stepping back, at what point did you see building this brand, uh, like your thing, like your profession, not not just the running, but at what point did it become like, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Because even for us, creating videos on YouTube, after a while, there's a bit of burnout. Yes. Mm. And stuff. Mm. And you've got to, and and I'm constantly thinking what's next because yeah. people are going to get bored of looking at my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the next challenge I can do? What's going to keep it interesting? So that's when the book came mm. into fruition. Yeah. Um, and what is my story? You know, I think we're all just trying to tell stories. So yeah. it's, I think I fell into it accidentally. Yeah. And with the whole social media thing, you know, the Rockstar Arms, that was a joke that stuck. It was never, you know, I feel like such a tosser telling everyone <laughs> why, my why, why? handle. Yeah. A friend's like, oh, just call yourself Rockstar Arms, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> it is then, a bit selfish. Yeah, it think. is. <laughs> I sound like an idiot um, and I'm so embarrassed by it. No, it's a great, I can't change it. It's a great it. name though. Yeah. It's a great way to just, people remember straight away. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. they do. But it's like, oh my God, you know, what's your handle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you can't once you got the blue tick you can't change it so oh, I've tried so often tick. yeah oh. I would have changed it if I could yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you know that started building and yeah. you know and I've I haven't chased anything it's just it's just sort of come so I'm sure it would have been much better if I actually had a business plan behind it mm-hmm. but right now are you like do you have a, like people that work with you for the brand solo, solo oh. all the way don't trust anyone Oh, really? <laughs> well, so like, like how you do your ultra marathon training is like solo, right? Yes, you just yeah. Take but does it does it get to you the pressure of like, okay, you are your brand. If you want to take mm. a day off, your brand is it takes a day off. Exactly. Yeah, it is. And so that's why I think it, as any creator and any individual creator, you got to be thinking what's next, right? Mm. And and you know, there's only so many things you can post on social or yeah. whatever. So how do you want to make an impact? in the world and what do you want to do? So I think for me, that's the next step as, mm. uh, you know, into the, I'm thinking about next year and what I'm going to do and how does that add to my story and where's, where are there opportunities from that? Sure. Mm. So talking about names, you know, like the name of your book, Run Like a Woman, uh, I can sense a bit of like, you know I mean, it's, it's like run like a woman. There's a bit of like, uh, you're, you're standing up and saying something to, has it, was it inspired by, 
something that people were saying before, or, or what was the behind the, yeah, behind I, the name? You know, I think from a as a female, you're always judged, and so as an old, you know, I'm I'm not a forty kilo ultra runner like a lot of people are. So you're standing on the start line, and people look at you and go, "Oh, she's older, and she's." maybe a bit more muscular, so mm. she's going to do shit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then so you're judged constantly uh, by males and females, mm. I think, too. Uh, and then at the end they go, oh, wow, you're so strong. So the narrative oh, changes when wow. you cross the line first and they're like, oh, okay, I didn't know that that's what it could be. Um, so the run like a woman was just to say embrace who you are because you can still do amazing things. Mm. Um, but understand your body better and how to do them. Got it. Because there was a movement towards run like a girl, right? Yes, correct. It was a Nike commercial or was it? Yeah, I, it was a – I think it was just a – I don't think it was Nike. It was – yeah, oh, it was another brand. brand. Right? They yeah. got all the top female athletes and it was a hashtag like throw like a girl, run like a yes. girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so this – like so am I right to say that for you the woman thing is like a bit more like uh, – like what you said, they think of you as like slightly older and all that. And that's what you wanted to get across. Yeah, I just wanted for anyone at any age to mm, embrace mm. who you are and and own it mm. and just do what you do. Mm. Yeah. So like now on Ultras, do you carry like a bag of books so that when yeah. you finish first, as they're running, <laughs> you go, just, yes. here's your book, here's your book, you fucking judged me before. Here's a book for you. It's got to be at the finish line. <laughs> yeah, finishing oh, line. Finish yeah. Line, yeah. So yeah, she yeah. runs with the books. <laughs> and then David the, Goggins style. Yeah, David Goggins style. <laughs> I don't run with a boat, I run with books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. My book. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what has, um, because you mentioned that, you know, you've been doing content creation, but doing a book is an entirely different animal. So what about doing a book has been the most surprising for you? Yeah, I think just the process. It was a real learning process mm. um, and it's made me want to do another one okay. now. Mm. So I definitely want to do one solo. Okay. Um, and, you know, books that you're never retiring off the back of a book. You know, mm. I don't think they're making anyone millionaires. But the process of uh, was really, was really, really good. Mm. Um, and I think just seeing it printed and and out there has been really, for me, self-satisfying. But the process, mm. like, like what about the process was a uh, learning experience? Yeah, I think you've got to be disciplined. Okay. So you have to get there and you have to write because you've got deadlines. Mm. You know, there's an editor waiting for it. Um, and what I thought made sense, they didn't necessarily agree with. Um, so what you what you think your voice is may not be the right voice for oh. the book. So they may change things slightly. Um, so that sort of was surprising to me. Is there mm. any example of like what like what you thought was oh, you know this is authentically me, but then you got feedback like oh you know maybe this doesn't work for the book. Yeah, when I was example? putting my stories together and then okay. they sort of changed them up a little bit. It's like uh, well, that's sort of how I wouldn't speak, oh, okay. but maybe mm. it's better in the the book written that way. So I, I think it's just personal biased um, right. and you've got to step away and take that emotion away. Mm. Okay, okay. But what was the process like? You said this, the guy came to you with the research and then you all found editors or a publisher? Or? Yeah, so then he, because he'd written 14 books before oh, this one, okay. so he had all of that lined up. And you knew of him before? No? Yes, yeah. We'd okay. met years ago in Jakarta at a conference. Okay. Um, so for me, it was a really easy process. <laughs> I mm. only recommend writing a book with someone who's done it before. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just had deadlines uh, mm. to me and then went through the book as a female 
Um, you know, we went back and forth and I fought for a few things, other things like any partnership, you got to let go. Yeah. Mm, um, yeah. but fight for the important things. Um, and then, and then that was it. And has there been any, like, um, you mentioned the self-satisfaction. Has there been any moment, uh, in post the release of the book that you really remember fondly? Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's been people coming up to me saying, I've read it, it's mm. great, I'm mm. learning things, having school high schools reach out saying, can you come and talk to the girls? Oh. They We feel like they need to know about this. Yeah. Um, coaches saying, this has really opened my eyes. I feel like I can, male coaches can have a conversation now with the females mm. I coach. Sense, yeah. So I think it's just opening the conversation up. Mm-hmm. And do you feel... Um, because you like you have your your own uh, kids and and you've gone to speak at schools and all. how are uh, young people you know um, thinking about fitness these days? Do you feel like there's a much shift towards people you know being more aware and and, and under, trying to understand the psychology behind you know being healthy and all. Or, or is it still an uphill battle like, like it's always been? I think it's an uphill battle, especially for females. There's a massive gender mm. gap in how mm. active females are versus males. Okay. Males globally are still much more yeah. active. Um, I think we're lucky in Singapore because it's safe, but if you're mm. living somewhere else, I'm not oh. going for a run at 4am by myself that down the street. True. And you forget about that as as a male, you forget that that's a problem for a female. Well, as Singaporeans, we forget that. Yes. Yeah, we yeah. Think of yeah. so would I run at 4am in Malaysia? You oh, know, no. no, I wouldn't. Even in America, I wouldn't run No, definitely four. not. Yeah. Even in Australia, in Sydney, I wouldn't. Yeah. So, wow. um, so I think there's some gender gap issues around sports still. And I think... Mm. Even, you know, we talked about body image and things. I think that still weighs on some some of the girls. And yeah, I think a big yeah. thing is if if your parents are playing sport or they're seeing their mum play sport as a girl, then they're more likely mm. to play sport. So lead by example rather than just tell your kids to go and play sport. You go and mm. be active and it will help them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that is true. No, it's so true. And I, yeah, like you, I think it would be t- your – Training would be totally different if you were in, say, in Australia or what, right? Like waking up at four, running to six would be difficult to, to plan for. Yeah, because my question was going to be, oh, why do you think there is a gap in gender? But then the moment you say at four, I think both of us were like, oh. Yeah. That's the blind spot that <laughs> you have. That's the well. blind spot. Yeah, as a man. Yeah, that, that as we a man, have, as a yeah, Singaporean. Yeah, 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 Singa- yeah, yeah. Singaporean, Singaporean man. man. Singaporean man. Yeah. Yeah. So many blind <laughs> spots. <laughs> <laughs> So many blind spots. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Even think of that. And I mean, like, um, like the next book that you want to write, is it also going to be research-based or do you already have a few topics in no, mind? No, I want to tell other people's stories. So I would oh, love okay. to write a book on women in sport and yeah, interview yeah. people about their stories. They're f- like I want it to be a bit humorous because, you know, mm. it's got to be entertaining, but about mm. their struggles and how they overcame something so it's relatable for mm. young girls mm. Um, mm. or older women or whoever it may be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And like one thing in the content creation space in general, and I'm assuming even in the fitness space, you have the the positive content and all, but there's also the dark side of it. Um, and I mean, I have heard about the the wellness industry, the fitness industry getting um, like the, it it gets how you say very polarizing when it comes to opinions or or uh coming up with workouts that are. I think there was a controversy a couple of years ago about someone. Oh shit, I can't remember. But basically. Like, what are some of that side of the wellness space that 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 
people don't know about. Yeah, I mean, everyone wants a magic pill to lose weight, mm. right? And it doesn't exist, but you can buy skinny tea with mm. an influencer promoting it or yeah. this workout's going to get you abs in six days yeah. or whatever. There's still plenty of that stuff yeah. out there. Um, and really my thoughts on it are if it gets someone moving, mm. then who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, like scroll on if you don't if you don't want to watch it. But if that if that actually gets someone off the couch, then let them go for it. Mm. Um, but I always say look at people's credentials if you're going mm. to follow a workout, make sure they're qualified. Um, you know, look at their content because if they're genuine, then mm. they're not going to be promoting these products that promise you're going to lose 10 kilos, mm. you know, in two weeks. But do you think the creators have a responsibility to to pro, like share content that actually is backed by stuff or do you also think that everyone has a freedom to share whatever I think everyone's got want? a freedom to share whatever they want. Mm. You know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a personal ethical issue. Mm. So some people, I would never do it, but then other people – you know what, if that's what you want to do and you can sell it, then buyer beware. Mm. But for you, uh, like your partners and endorsements, I see, I mean, generally it's around uh, fitness equipment and and even like shoes and things like that. But would you like, let's say someone comes to you with some magical slimming tea or something like that, and would you consider doing, uh, endorsing those things? 100% no. No. Yeah. And it's like she and approached me, mm. right? Uh, and I was uh, like, my 14-year-old's like, you cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> <She's your manager. laughs> That's not on brand. <laughs> yeah, oh. it was like, yeah, so yeah. absolutely not. It's not, you know, I'm not retiring off the back of a couple of posts. Yeah, so yeah, for yeah, that sure. to to wreck your brand, so not worth it. Because there were That's a few influencers who went to China, to the Shane factory, yeah. uh, and they posted very positively about it. And there was a lot of backlash. Mm. And they all came out saying, oh, they weren't aware of the human rights issues um, and the officers were all great. But it was clear that there's an expectation that, okay, if you're backing a brand, uh, you need to be conscious of that. Mm. And you you are, has it always been the case that you're very conscious of these sort of things? I would say no to 95% of things. Mm. Yeah, for me. And I'm in a a nice position where I can say no. Um, Whereas some people I understand, you know, Maybe they don't want to or they're in for a quick buck. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's a long-term game. Mm. So I'd rather not be associated with a brand and just post what I want to mm, post. Sure. So like uh, before we started, you know, I was asking how should we introduce you? And when I said fitness influencer, the look on your face was just of like <laughs> horror. horror. Why, why that horror and why that? distaste. Yeah, I think, I mean, influencer feels so 1980s too. Mm. (laughs) Um, And what are you influencing? Um, I think it's just got a bad name, Mm. you know, and I think for me, uh, it's more about life than just fitness. It's quite one-dimensional to say a fitness influencer. Yeah. Yeah. But, Mm. but, and just like, also before we were talking about um, the gender gap, right? Like between men and women. Uh, and you know, right now there's a lot of interesting discussions going on. Like, for example, after the Women's World Cup, you know, a bunch of things happened. But the idea of like, hey, uh, w- you know, the women's uh, women's sports teams can be as entertaining as the men's teams and all. Like, what do you feel when you see when when you see something like the Women's World Cup? Like, I think this is the most uh, probably the most exposure or coverage that the Women's World Cup has ever received. And Australia also did. And it was uh, your home country, well. yes. Australia. 
How, what, what's your general mood and, and feel about uh, how people are feeling about this? Yeah, I think women's sport is in a really good position mm. at the moment. So, And the World Cup was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it's different to watch. You know, I don't think people should compare the Men's World Cup to the female mm. World Cup mm. because they're just different and they're played differently and you've yeah. got different, you know, superstars playing yeah. in them. So um, where women's sports maybe like before is entertainment value. Mm. You know, you watch – the men's NBA and their superstars and icons of, you know, culture really yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so I think women need to get better at self-promoting, mm, which I think mm. they they don't. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the teams and whoever are responsible need to find those gems and, and try and lift the sport mm, through mm. individuals a bit more yeah. as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's great to see. It's so exciting. The amount of little girls and boys that mm. watched that and were yeah. inspired to watch the World Cup yeah. was fantastic. And then you've got an idiot like the guy in Spain who slaps a big passion kiss on, you mm, know, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end. And then it's like, God, that would not happen in the Men's World Cup. I'm sure mm, the yeah. male might be happier for that to happen, <laughs> but it was not going to happen in the Men's World Cup. So yeah. it's, it's like, what's, you know, you can't get away from it. So for context, that was the president of the Spanish yes. Football Association, right? Mm. And when Spain won, uh, it was a prize giving. They hugged first, but then after that, he he, he, he grabbed her face and he just kissed her. Straight on the lips. Yeah, straight. And, and it was just our passion, right? Yeah. 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 And she, after that, she did say that she did not enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I I think I, I don't know how polarizing it was, but I can imagine some people defending the guy. Uh, but when you saw that immediately, was it just like? Oh, it was just like, oh, here we go. That's yeah. the the and he's made it about himself now, yeah. not mm. about the team that have just won. It's like you've got all the attention, yeah. good or bad. It's it's yeah. about you, yeah. and you know it was just disappointing that yeah. that was that took over from the celebrations of the team winning the World Cup. Because that's that's the main thing that came out from the celebration, you know, like, or at yeah. least in recent times, uh, which is which is sad. Um, and I mean, the 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 thing about like, um, so, so going back to what you said earlier is that you feel that women's sports and men's sports shouldn't be kind of seen or evaluated the same, which is, which is an interesting thought because mm. one argument that often people say is that there's a gender pay gap because women's sports are not as entertaining. Yeah. So you bring in less crowd so, of course, you should be expected to pay less. But your approach is different. Yeah, and, and I get that. You know, mm. that argument, it is, it's a business, yeah. right? So, if you're filling stadiums with men's teams and you're getting a 1,000 people to a women's game, yeah. then I understand that they get paid more. Mm. Um, you know, I think the U.S. women's football team fought hard to change the pay gap because they were they were getting watched way more yeah, than the we, men and they were yeah. getting paid way less than them. Yeah. Um, so I think they were great at bringing that to the forefront, but I think it's up to the associations to elevate women's sport as mm. well. So there's a lot of bureaucracy, probably a lot of people getting paid a lot of money who aren't doing their job to to try and elevate it. And you've seen it in things like tennis, yeah. you know, when we had Serena Williams yeah. playing, you know, that was fantastic. So yeah. you've got to find those individuals and you've got to find the associations and they have to work better together to elevate everything. Yeah, and I think the marketing really matters yes. as well. Like tennis, uh, you know, as a tennis fan, after a while, I mean, when I first started, oh yeah, men's tennis was all about men's tennis. But after a while, you realise the women's game is different and they play differently. You know, the, the games generally go at a different pace, but you appreciate uh, each different, uh, the men's game and the women's game like differently as well. Uh, which is actually quite interesting because like this World Cup, 
I was like, this is the first time that I was watching like mm. Women's World Cup, to be honest. And yeah. uh, I was trying to get like, uh, you know, female friends uh, excited to also watch together. But some of them were like, oh, you know, I don't even watch the men's one. Why do I want to watch women's one? Do you think there's a, uh, do you think that women in general don't support like women's sports enough? And that's why there's some of these issues. 100%. Yeah, I do. I think women have to take responsibility too, mm. because if you're asking a male to watch women's sport and women mm. aren't even watching it, yeah, then yeah. then that's an issue. Mm. Um, and I think women don't see it as entertainment, whereas I think guys are more open to watching it yeah, as entertainment. Yeah. Um, so I think the World Cup did a great job of entertaining. Mm. You didn't have to know about football to watch the World Cup. You yeah. could watch it and be entertained. Yeah. Uh, and it's a long game, yeah, you know. It is, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's fine for women to throw stones, but you know we also have to take responsibility around it too. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, because this was the first women's World Cup I watched also, and I yeah. did I really did enjoy it. And mm. once you like just yeah, if you don't think like oh that pass w- would have been better if it was a guy, once you stop thinking about that and you appreciate it, yeah. In the end, I was with my wife's family, and we all were watching the game, the semis, yeah. and it was so enjoyable. The one that went to penalties. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. And plus with Australia, the timing is pretty good yes. as well. And I think yeah. that French ad, did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was so ad. well done. Yeah. You know, you're going, why is there guys on it? Actually, it's not the guys. These are the women that yeah, made all yeah, those yeah. shots. So I think being creative, like you said, with the marketing um, and getting people to talk about it more mm. um, is is key. So so on the topic of sports, you know, you brought up the the US women's team. Um, they over the years have gotten more and more flack for politicizing sport. Mm. Um, where like do you do you think there should be a line drawn between like sometimes sometimes people just want sport, or you think as long as you have a platform, as long as you have the country, the world watching you, you should use that platform. It's such a fine line because mm. you know if you're playing a team sport and you're an individual and you're passionate about something, but maybe the rest of the team aren't, then maybe that's not the right platform because it impacts everyone else in Mm. your team. If you're playing an individual sport and there's no no one else that it impacts, I say go for it if that's what you want to do. But there's a big gap between team and and individual. So, you know, and I think the US is even more polarizing Mm, with everything and so extreme left and right. And you can't say you're left and you can't say you're right and you can't say in the middle. So um, you can't win. Uh, But yeah, I think it it impacts because it's not one voice for all, but it gets seen as one voice for all. So now everyone is you know, dishing on the women's, the American team, but actually maybe not everyone in the American team, you know, feels like that, but they're, they're pushed into it all. Mm, Yeah. That is true. And, and I guess like, that's why like, um, I mean like ultra marathoning, that solo side of things, is that something that you, you naturally align more? Like this is your thing. Um, or that compared to because you used to play basketball, yeah. as well, right? Mm. How, how how do those two things compare? Yeah, I think you know we have a rule in our house for our daughters just to do an individual sport and a team sport because oh, I think okay. growing up playing a team sport is key. You need yeah. to yeah. learn how to deal with other people, and yeah. and it's good. You're part of something bigger than yourself. Um, now. It's just a, I'm just selfish and I can go and do my thing by myself mm. and I don't have to talk to anyone or see anyone. <laughs> so for me, it's time. It's my mental health time. Yeah. But whereas I think if you're growing up, I think that team sport mm. is key. So yeah. is she kind of like experimenting with different sports? She's oh. a basketball. Yeah, mm, basketball. she's volleyball, basketball, jiu-jitsu. Oh. Yeah, but wow. tall. 
So, yeah. So, I mean, there's that aspect of um, inspiring, uh, you know, uh, other young girls and and women to exercise. But there's this other aspect that I think is also quite interesting, like as a parent as well, you know, raising children while pursuing your your passion and your dreams. Like, um, has what have people, what have other parents or other, you know, other people have said about, like, how do you do this? Like, what kind of... uh, how, what have they taken away from your experience? Yeah, I think that it's okay to be a bit selfish. Mm, you know, okay. I think our kids will be fine, mm, you know. Mm. So if they see you taking time to go for a run for an hour or go to the gym or whatever it is that you do, then that's actually healthy for your child mm. to see that you prioritise your health and fitness mm. Um and it's not like you're gone all day. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think that's when parents are going, oh, actually, that makes sense. I don't have to be sitting there while they're doing their homework or whatever it may be. And I'm mm. all about quality, not quantity okay. time as okay. well. So, but but will you, will you be uh, getting your your kids to also follow you on an ultra marathon journey? No, and- <laughs> I've got no interest. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not like no we're going interest. for a family holiday. <laughs> 100 kilometers. To Malaysia we go. Going to Malaysia, bring your sticks. Foot. Everyone, bring your stick. Stick with your name on it. We'll drive there. We'll run back. It's going to drop us in a random place. Get yourself back, everyone. I mean, we laugh about it, but has it been suggested as a holiday? Has it trip? occurred to you? Has it occurred to you too? I, I, I go solo because it's just too boring for them. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm nice like wow. that. I won't drag them through it. Yeah. Mm. And even your husband, like, has have, have, you said, he's done marathons, but nothing more. Yeah, like, and he's like, no interest. You know, I'm like, stay home on the couch, watch sport. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Stay in the aircon. <laughs> but generally, do you listen? With, do you run with music? Or? I listen to podcasts. Oh, uh, podcasts! Yes. I see. What, yeah. what kind? Like David Goggins or uh, <laughs> yeah, a, a variety. I'll listen obviously to this one. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, that was yes. all I needed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one. I'll listen to running ones. I'll listen to something like a Smartless. Or, oh, yeah, Smartless. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, you know, Dak Shepherd. Something depends on the mood. Mm. Um, but if I'm going for a long one, I want to come back a bit smarter. So I want to learn something about a topic or about someone or something. Mm. So so how do you see your fitness journey evolving as you get older as well? Because I mean, beyond a certain point, your body does start to, you know, slow down and like that. How what, are you, Does that worry you? Are yes, you sc- I'm scared shitless. Okay. Yeah, I'm in denial um, <laughs> massively. So my whole outlook is do it now while I can because maybe uh-huh. I can't do it tomorrow. Wow. So I think we get to a point where we go, oh, I should have done that like 10 years ago when I could have. So I'm like, I don't want any of those regrets. I'm just going all in hard. Mm. Um, So I want to keep pushing the boundaries, uh, maybe do something crazy next Mm. year. Like Uh, what is is crazy? Maybe like 1,000 kilometres from Singapore to Thailand, maybe. Um, Raise some money along the way, do something like that. So... Try and try and just get out of comfort zone and yeah. and yeah. And and that. that's a big thing for you to always be getting out of your comfort zone. Yes. Yeah. Why? because uh, I think we've got such a good life here. Mm, and mm. you know, everything's clean, everything's nice. So that's why I like racing in somewhere like Malaysia in the middle of nowhere, because it's raw. Mm. You know, you're filthy, you know, you're going to the toilet in the bush, whatever it may be. It's like you're you're rough and ready and mm. it's nice just to embrace doing that for a change. Because, mm. I mean, if you want wild boars, you can just go to Pongo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not the size of cows, though, the <laughs> yeah. one I saw. Oh, really? Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, they were that big. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, what what can It'll be, be crazy, crazy for someone who runs 200 kilometer marathons? Like, I mean, t- ultra marathons every couple of months. Like, for me, like, I was going to do like a movie marathon and that's like crazy. Really, <laughs> like, you know, like, watch. <laughs> 30 hours of movies in a row but like wow. maybe for that net would be like oh my god I can't imagine <laughs> oh, no. how you do it you'd have to give me a lot of candy and chocolate for that <laughs> Terrence is an endurance athlete yeah. <laughs> no but yeah I think one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you was like because I think uh, you know like in Singapore even uh, Shanti Pereira you know the athletes female athletes who are making waves in the international scene uh, and it's cool that now that, that you know the young girls and, and Singaporean young girls have someone to look up to as well. And we always thought, okay, I mean, if there's someone who's living amongst us, our community, like running these ultra marathons and just like doing this thing on her own without like no big prize money or publicity and all that, this, if it can inspire some people in some way, I think that's really awesome, right? But like when you run in Singapore, um, (coughs) or like, do you feel the pressure of a fitness professional? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Like how? (coughs) Sorry. No problem. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she just ran like only like 40 kilometers this yeah. morning. It's normal to catch your breath. Um, no, I think people people see you out there and wave and mm. whatever, and it's like, oh, I can't run too slow because someone's watching. It's good pressure. Good yeah, pressure, it's like you, pressure. Can't, you can't stop and walk. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, I know. I, you sort of, and it's self-pressure because they really don't care. And I always yeah. say to people, no one's looking at you. They're all just looking at themselves anyway. Mm. They're all worried about themselves. So, yeah. but yeah, you sort of go, oh, yeah, I have to put in a decent effort. Or like if you want to buy a candy bar from 7 Eleven or something, you just eat it in yeah, secret. Just, or- yeah, put in a brown paper bag. <laughs> the but do you have any guilty pleasures like food wise? Yeah, so I'm pretty clean during the week. And yeah. then weekends, yeah, you know, I'll let loose. A little mm. bit. We'll do movie afternoons on a mm. Sunday and sit on the couch and have pizza or whatever. So I think it's about balance. Mm. You know, if you cut everything out, it's it's just too boring. Yeah, yeah, it gets yeah. Uh, Just going back to the age thing, I think there's a some like some multi millionaire in the US who's doing all he can to reverse the pro- process yes, of aging. Yes, two million dollars mm. a year or something yeah. is spending. Um, yeah, and and. His, I think his biological age is, is, I think that's only his, something to do with his heart, but overall he's decreased it by about 10 years. So, yeah. And And you can subscribe for like 2,000 US a month and he'll tell you his secrets. Yeah. And he he aims to live till 200. Mm. I think he's doing all he can. So when you see something like that, is it something like, like, you think, oh, because you did say you're you're scared shitless about growing old. Mm. Is that something that interests you or you're like, this, we need to go down the natural path. No, I'd take it if I... Oh, if, yeah, I'd mm. happily live a bit longer. Uh-huh. Yeah. But 200 years? No, maybe not. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I think most of us, are, you know, if you're born now, you're going to live till you're 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our, our life is getting longer, yeah. definitely. And if you exercise more, eat well, then it's just longer by about 20 years mm-hmm. as well. So, mm-hmm. But if there's a pill and it's going to help, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take it. But is it, it's not so much about living till you're old but it's you're quality of it's life quality and being able to you know continue moving and running for a longer period that's what you want yes right? yeah because i'm don't think i'll be a very nice person the day when the day comes that i can't run uh, mm, yeah. yeah wow my husband's dreading it <laughs> <laughs> 
But what was the most recent time that you couldn't run because of weather or you were caught I, in a I go out in storms. In oh. storms? Yeah, wow. it doesn't matter. Like if you're go. on a cruise, you just, or do you do cruises? Or I did like, one no, in, when it was locked down. I did those awful ones. <laughs> The cruise to nowhere. I ran around the thing at the top. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So, like during, during lockdown, then what happened? Were I was you? running to Changi Airport twice a week. So I was uh, doing, which is to Changi Airport and back is about 55 k's from my house. So I was doing that twice a week plus other runs. Oh, so you uh, were yeah. just always running. Like, do you have a treadmill? I don't, I no, even... I was out running. Yeah. Oh. So you're 100% outdoor yeah. running. No. Yes, I hate treadmills. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wow, yeah. So if you're attacked I, by yeah. aliens or zombies, you'd still see I you just, yeah, out with like knives and stuff. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And it's like the, the 19-year-old will take off fast. It's like, I'll see you in 50Ks, buddy. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Man. So, so then, you know, you mentioned that you've seen a lot of changes uh, in Singapore society or like in general. But what what is the biggest challenge that you see going forward for people who want to stay healthy or just younger children who want to get in the mode of health? Yeah, I think devices, sadly, are, mm-hmm. you know, are a big one. And it's you can't say back in my day because things are different and you've got devices and deal with it and what does that look like? Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's helping the younger people find their passion in something healthy. So mm-hmm. not helicopter parenting as well for parents who are too scared if their kids – don't like something. It's like, I think we need to David Goggins a bit with our kids. And, Mm. you know, you pick that, stick to it, suck it up, you're going to do it. And whether you like it or not. So I think parents are trying to be best friends with their kids Mm. a lot of times instead of just, you know, making them learn the Mm. hard way sometimes. What was the the last occasion you had to David Goggins, one of your (laughs) kids or something? She's pretty good, to be fair. (laughs) But sometimes on a run, I'll... I'll, David Goggins, your kid? Oh, no, I'll I'll take her out. 5K is her limit for running. And I'll take her out and she'll start breathing heavily and I can see it on her face and I'll just tell her to suck it up. Yeah. So, yeah, I can say it's like, don't you cry, just suck it up, that's, keep going. That's less than ten percent of what I run for fun. Like yeah. you run like, here to Changi Airport. So oh, yeah. oh my God. So I, I mean, for those listening who's wondering who is this David Goggins guy, he's basically <laughs> like a. I think at one point he held the record for most chin-ups done yes. in ten yeah, hours. Yeah. He his story itself. He used to be overweight, and he's just a nut and. He says like, oh, you know, pain is like, you know, your best friend or some. Yeah. And he'll record a video about it. I love him. I love his stories. Um, but yeah, he's not for everyone. And I don't think he can walk at the moment. I think his knees yeah. are shot. And, yeah, really? yeah, I think he's got a few uh, health problems, but he's awesome. So yeah. so then even on that note, where do you draw the line? Because like uh, the good thing is there is more attention to mental health and, you know, like knowing your limit and like just being okay with not mm. pushing because there's a lot of that you see online. But to do athletics or sports, to a certain extent, you do need to push. Yeah, we don't push hard enough. Most Um, people, I think people are too kind too kind to themselves sometimes mm. and it's like oh, that's the David Goggins yeah I can't go I can't go further or whatever. It's like, yeah, you can. Uh, you know, and I think people yeah, people just need to suck it up mm. sometimes. It's the same as eating. Oh well I'll just have that and you know it'll be nice. No, just you know, take take it now. 
you know, suck it up, don't do it. You know you're not going to feel good after. So I yeah. think we give ourselves too many breaks sometimes. Mm. And also, you know, when you don't think you can push harder, you generally can. So I'm not saying go and do extreme yeah. stuff, but just push that little bit harder mm. and see where it takes you. It's okay to feel a little bit uncomfortable. That's what you want because if you're feeling comfortable, you're not pushing hard. And has it been your, like your attitude mantra since young? Um, I think as I've got older, I've discovered that more. I think it's pretty hard as a young kid or even a teen or someone mm. in their twenties to tap into that. Yeah. Um, you've got different priorities and, and, you know, I think as you get older, you think about what's important to you. And as much as we, you know, train physically, we can, should train our mind as well. So running without music or whatever is going to train your mind yeah. a lot more than just putting on music and, and you know, getting lost in that. So it's it's mixing it up a bit. So, you know, thinking, all right, I'm going to go that extra K today. Mentally, I'm there. Let's do it. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Mm. So, so mm. the like you said, the next, like, um, next year, are there certain projects that you're working on already? Can you share anything with yeah, our Yeah, I think just the, the 1,000K thing, trying to get that as, you know, trying to get it as a Guinness Oh. Uh, world record potentially. Oh. So it's not just a seed of an idea. Yeah, you have been so, thinking yeah, and ma- and documented as well. So have oh. have it filmed. So that's that's the idea for oh, for that. Yeah. So the good, the bad, and the ugly of what that will look like. And it'll be like uh, like breaks in between. Yeah. Hopefully a hundred k's a day. So done over ten days would be the goal. Oh, what? That's yeah. crazy. That's insane, man. Wow. That would be, yeah, ideally that would be the goal. I say that now, but. Yeah. And you have a route in mind. Yes, all. yeah. Uh, so you've done your research and like it's well along the way. Like, yeah. you got your weapons. weapons yeah, I know. You need, like, yeah, so it will have to oh, definitely <laughs> come be my support crew, guys. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like th- that sounds so cool. And like, yeah, if you can document it, that yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. Um, so no, and no one's done anything like that in Asia for well, that I can find. Because anyway. I know in the US they've done it's East, all, West. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's oh, lots wow. of fastest known times and different things. So, and I think showing three different countries um, and giving people an insight to what it's like to run in Asia as well, yeah. rather than, you know, white America or, or yeah. whatever. It's mm. like, you know, running through kampongs with the wild dogs and being chased. Yeah, balls, yeah, yeah, different things. I think different food you eat along the way, you know, sleeping wherever. Yeah. Um, I think that would be interesting. I think there's a travel log that's way, they'll be way healthier than any other travel log. That <laughs> yeah, <out there>. that's right. <laughs> Like come, come, like eat rather than eight hundred foods in Malaysia. Yeah. Yeah. Run a hundred kilometers in Malaysia. So do you see like wow. those articles those people write? You know, I I walked the hundred k route in Singapore and it changed my life. Are you like, oh <laughs> yeah. please? I mean, I I <laughs> I am good on them for doing it. Yeah. You know, it's whatever floats your boat. I'm a, yeah. I'm a supporter of of anyone, of anyone doing, doing anything. Yeah. yeah. Also, do you have you run? Like the two point four kilometers in Singapore, like not for a long time. Okay, yeah. but do you know generally what your time would uh, be around? So I did a four point six on Sunday, and that was nineteen minutes. 19 so four point six yeah. k nineteen minutes. Wow. Ooh. That's wow. like a already nine nine minutes pace really, each yeah. for like halving a four point six. Yeah. Like. 
Wow. Man. You should, I mean, you know Soru Young has the 2.4K challenge, right? Yes, the Picari yeah. Sweat. So uh, my good sweat. friend is the record holder. Oh, oh the... Yes. The Gurkha. Yes. Oh, no, no. Javan. Yeah. Big J, as I call him. Wow. Yeah. So he is the record holder. He's won both of them. Oh, oh shit. Mm. Are you are you planning to run that race? No, or? but I'll okay. come down and cheer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course, I think for most... It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Cool. For the average Singapore man, you know, like 2.4 kilometers is how we think about like your timing and how fit you are and everything. Yeah, it's not the bench press. It's not it the is. <laughs> your 2.4 timing. Your 2.4 yeah, timing. they should have it in the SingPass app also. And uh, but that's now it's no pull-ups anymore in the yeah, TSD. No there is that. Yeah. Yeah. Pull-ups too subjective anyway. Like you know what's a, what's a full yeah, full yeah. extension yeah. and but yeah. but running like I mean distance you can't fight with yeah, like, distance you can't right. Fight it. So it's like, yeah, every time people talk about, oh, he's so fit, uh, the first thing people think, yeah, oh, what's your 2.4? <laughs> you know? Did you get gold yeah, 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 on your gold. IPPT? I, yeah, yeah, for my age range, I got gold, you know, like 40 yeah, years. You have to add that disclaimer, <laughs> for my age range. Age range. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, but, so, so like, where would be the best place for people to find you? Like Instagram or where? I think Instagram's you? the best. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, your, your website or anything? I do have website, nataliedow.com. And your book is available. Not Rockstar Arms. Not Rockstar Arms. <laughs> But your it's book is available on uh, on Amazon. Amazon, okay. On okay. Amazon, yeah, Amazon. yeah. Run like Sweet. a woman, yeah. Run like a woman. That's right. Um, awesome. So, so one thing that I didn't tell you before we started is that mm. the final segment we have that one shock thing, mm. uh, which is where we just talk about something we have come across in the past few days, which could be something we can share with our audience. It could be like an article, a video, or a movie or something. Mm. So, uh, we will ask you for that but we'll give you a few minutes because Terrence and I will go first Yeah. Um, but that's the one show thing segment okay. yeah. um, Terrence do you have a, a Actually, one yeah, show thing mine was uh, just watching Lionel Messi the football player at Inter Miami mm. uh, they recently won the leagues I think it was called the leagues cup uh, championship in the US the major league soccer it's, I think it's a summer league thing but, but it's the first trophy they've ever won as a team and uh, yeah just watching Messi play in America where, you know, football and, and or soccer, wherever you come from, isn't the biggest thing in the world. But he's just going up there and just, you know, making everyone excited about the sport again. And I think that's what's awesome, you know, like he, it's not just for the people there, but even outside, like suddenly I'm like, oh, okay, I, I can watch this football league and all. And, you know, going back to what you were talking about, inspiring people to want to get out there and move and all, I think... It's awesome that, you know, football now, it's like, oh, we have more options to not only watch football, but also just see a different style of play in a different country and everything. So, yeah, I think that's that's my one-shot thing because it was just, uh, it was, it's been such a long time since I watched a new league or a new, you know, a, a player in a different league or something and got inspired to, oh, I want to watch that that league. In Did you watch the whole game or just the highlights? Just the highlights, just the highlights. And it was the first trophy they ever won, right? I believe so, yeah. Inter yeah. Miami, yeah, yeah. yeah. First trophy. Yeah. Exciting. Crazy. Yeah. And that's Beckham's team, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Beckham, yeah. Beckham's team. Yeah, yeah. Beckham's team. My one show thing is a trailer I saw for another Amazon show called Gen V. Mm. Um, have you all watched The Boys? Um, no, I the Amazon, seen, but a superhero. Yeah, so it's sure that it's not available in Amazon Singapore. So I'm trying to find a way to watch it. It's basically superheroes, but a much darker version. And it's a TV series. It's when like superheroes go corrupt and stuff. And Gen V is a spin-off from that about the high school version of it. Oh. So same thing. It starts off like superheroes, but by the end of the trailer, it's like 
it's just messed up ducks, duck shit. Like it's like X Men gone wrong, mm, mm. Uh, So it seems uh, like I I want to get my hands on that show somehow. I I hope it's available in Singapore. But yeah, it looks cool. But you've you've watched the boys. No, I haven't watched the boys. I've seen the clips. Boys. But uh, and it looks awesome, and I've heard so many good things about it. But I also don't want to just download it or stream ah, okay, it. Okay. I want to find a way to watch it like legally. Like. I mean, it's not on Amazon. It's not Amazon Singapore. Oh, strange. Yeah, it's not on Amazon Singapore. Okay. So so yeah, but but it seems cool. A bit yeah. Joker esque. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, and because yeah, you watch X Men and like Avengers and all that feel good stuff. Mm, mm. I'm over that shit. Uh, I want something darker and more more gritty. <laughs> uh, so that looks cool. Yeah. And and what about you? Yeah, yeah, so last night, and I've got to remember the name of it, uh, I don't know if you've watched the Untold series on Netflix. It's no. a sports one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah, all yeah, different yeah. ones. And yeah. so they've just released a whole new series and I watched the one on drugs in sport. Oh, and yeah, yeah. there's literally one guy who, was, who wasn't even a doctor who was behind the biggest drugging of steroids of Olympic athletes. Oh, really? Yeah, from this little tiny sort of – shop in San Francisco and oh. he uh, he was behind Marion Jones and oh. all the baseballers, Miami Dolphins. Wow. Yeah, and so it's telling his story and then they've got the athletes on there as well. But it's just this one random guy that had a supplement company that sort of turned into performance-enhancing drugs and then uh, he turned it around and then helps water detect oh, drugs yeah, yeah, yeah. now because he came ah. up with something that was undetectable. Oh. Wow. It's really good. So Re- did he get in trouble first? Yeah, he went to jail. Oh, he oh. went to jail. Yeah, 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 yeah but yeah. It was it's a really, really good uh, untold. Yeah. And it's yeah. a one one episode. One episode, yeah, like uh, an hour, 10 minutes yeah. or something. But the untold uh, documentaries are great. Really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the storytelling in them is fantastic. Yeah. Is it just like sports or everything? It's sports, but they some of them are older. They're all different sports. Um, some of them are on when the referees were cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, no, yeah. I, I think the one that I really enjoyed was not even really about the sport. I think it was a football player who was catfished. Oh, yes. He was catfished the by college his girlfriend. Player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that ruined his entire playing career. Yeah. yeah. Really? yeah he yeah, was yeah. a Heisman Trophy winner, uh, I think. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, got catfished by this random person. That's a yeah. really good was, one. Yeah. Ooh, I, yeah. like, I don't even watch football, but I was like, wow, what crazy story, man. Yeah. Uh, one sports documentary on Netflix I want to watch is the one about American Gladiators. Remember oh, when, I haven't watched that yeah, yet either. That trailer yeah. looks crazy, man. Yeah, because I grew up, I loved watching Same. that. Same. Uh, I yeah. love watching that. Oh, but but cool. Thanks so much for cool, joining yeah. us, Natalie. Thanks, Thank guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, yeah, yeah the, the, your message gets out to more people, inspire more people to run and uh, to wave at you while you're <laughs> running to keep you keep you faster. <laughs> for real, like once we have plans for that, just come back yeah. on, tell you, like just share your plans for the yeah. thousand km or something. Yeah. That would be awesome. I will. Man. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Nandy. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Okay. And thanks everyone for listening.